Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Hello everyone, this is Lucy again here. And I wanted to start off with a quote, and it's a long one, but I just thought I'd read it to you today. He has achieved success who has lived well and laughed often and loved much, who has enjoyed the trust of pure women, the respect of intelligent men, and the love of little children, who's filled his niche and accomplished his task who has never lacked appreciation of Earth's beauty or failed to express it, who's left the world better than he found it, whether an improved poppy, a perfect poem, or a rescued soul, who's always looked for the best in others and given them the best she had, whose life was an inspiration, whose memory a benediction. And this is Bessie Anderson Stanley. So I want to give you the reminder to please subscribe, rate, review, and share with others that want to be in the Profitable Photographer Club. Um, I was thinking maybe we could come up with a secret handshake and a song. So don't let your friends miss out. (laughs) And there's some good stuff and ways to connect with me on my Insight Training for Photographers program at Lucy Dumas Coaching, including a free ebook on marketing. So getting all that out of the way, I want to introduce you to my amazing guest for today, Skip Cohen. I don't know how amazing I am, but thank you. (laughs) Oh, they'll be amazed. So when Skip said he would happily be on my show, I did a happy dance. And here's why. I'm a huge fan, like fangirl fan of Skip and super grateful for his contribution to the photography industry. I've attended personally countless conventions and expos over my last 35 years. And P.S., I highly recommend joining organizations like PPA and WPPI and attending the conventions as well as your state and local chapters. This has been one of the secrets to my success. So anywho, during the events, I would always see this handsome, energetic man that seemed to have an aura of confidence and wonderful people surrounding him and listening to his every word. And once I was introduced to him, I and learned, oh, who is this guy? Oh, it's Skip Cohen. <laughs> um, I became a big fan and I look forward to continued friendship. So. Skip has been in the industry his entire adult life, and he says on his website, or at least the time he was supposed to act like an adult, (laughs) he is the president and founder of Marketing Essentials International, a marketing consultation firm specializing in projects dedicated to education, primarily in photography. He's been the previous president of Rangefinder slash WPPI and the president of Hasselblad USA before that. He was also with Polaroid for 17 and a half years. (laughs) He's the founder of Skip Cohen University since uh, 2013, and it is a resource center for aspiring and working professional photographers. Writer, educator, consultant. He wrote for Shutter Magazine, Resource Magazine, The Digital Industry Reporter, And he co-hosts Mind Your Own Business with one of my favorite people, Shamira Young. He regularly speaks and instructs at workshops, at conventions, has business marketing models in both Creative Live and Lynda.com. He's he's everywhere. And now he's here. (laughs) And he's co-authored six books, The Art of Wedding Photography, The Art of Digital Photography, The Art of People Photography. Don Blair's Guide to Posing and Lighting Body Parts, Wedding Photography from the Heart, and Going Pro. So thank you, Skip. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, my God, that was a long one. I know. (laughs) 
it does it does tend to get longer the longer you're in the industry. Everybody yeah. has that happen. Yeah. And since I've managed and I have very few friends that that did this when we all started out in business, um, which seems like a hundred years ago. I don't think anybody ever anticipated that they would stay in the same industry their entire life. And I feel very um, grateful, blessed with the friends I have and the friends I've made and the friends I have yet to make that I stayed in the same industry. And you gave me some very, very nice compliments there, but it's easy to be everywhere when you love what you're doing. Right. If you're not loving what you're doing, and I loved your quote in the beginning, that was really a, a beautiful quote. I would add one more thing to that, uh, one more line, which is living well is the best revenge. Yes. Um, which is the the best way to just, you know, if, if you're happy and you love what you're doing, there's that old line that, that everybody from uh, Steve Jobs to Confucius gets credit for making the statement that if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. That's me. I love it. I've been criticized repeatedly over the years as being the industry cheerleader. I can get a hundred photographers in the room and half the room will say business is terrible. And the other half will say it's wonderful. And the reality is it's, it's only going to be what you make it. And you want to do a self-fulfilling prophecy and say, business is crappy out there, then man, it's going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. But God, there's so much going on, Lucy, and there's so much excitement right now. So many different things you can do. So I'm sorry, I, I started, I started babbling. You never got a word in. I was longer. I was more long winded than your intro. <laughs> We're here to listen to you, not me. But uh, <laughs> totally agree. It seems like well, the last PPA convention I went to, I, the energy was so exciting. Um, same with WPPI. It maybe eight years ago, it sort of felt like. Uh, it's where old photographers went to die or a, a photography retirement home or something, but something has happened and, and it has become to me, and it sounds like you agree, more vital and exciting than ever. Well, I think PPA especially has done an outstanding job of bringing in a younger audience. Um, when back in my WPPI days, it was sort of the reverse where WPPI was growing and was definitely the bigger show and Imaging USA um, was becoming an older crowd. And if you look at all of them today, um, there's there's a much younger audience yeah. that's coming into a lot of different conventions. And even, even us old farts that are there <laughs> um, are there because we're excited about everything from new ways to communicate to new technology. I mean, I've been shooting mirrorless now for about four years and it just blows me away with everything that, that Panasonic keeps coming up with. Mm. So there's a lot of, it's an exciting time to be in this industry. It is. I've noticed uh, WPPI this year seems to be evolving. Uh, When I was there maybe five years ago, six years ago, there were so many young women with strollers that they had to make a rule, Skip, I don't know if you know this, no strollers in the expo the next year because you couldn't get around for the young mothers who were entering the business and wanting to be successful. And this year, it seemed like it was more mature, kind of cool kids in black. Sort of just, I don't know, I, I'm a, I was a sociology major in college, so I'm always kind of looking at the demographics of groups and what they're like. And, you know, it's, it's fun to watch things change. Well, I think WPPI over the last few years has had some challenges, but what gets me really excited is that they brought Arlene Evans back in. Mm. And she is just a kick, and she's been a very good friend for years, and we worked together at WPPI. And having her back in the driver's seat um, is is very exciting uh, in terms of you know what changes and what improvements we're going to see going forward. So, Skip, what do you love about being in the photography industry? Oh my God, <laughs> that's that's the big question, huh? That's the essay. Yeah. Well, you said I'm just so happy that well, I'm in my life in one industry. All right. 
Why so, this industry? Why does it excite you? Well, let's start with what we do for a living. And I don't care what aspect of this business you're in. You can be making neck straps for cameras um, all the way to the software and the technology. And you can be in optics. You can be a photographer on one side of the camera. You can be making backdrops that are going to be on the other side of the camera. Um, what gets me excited is that photographers, this industry, we are magicians. Imagine what the world would look like without photography. Imagine what, and I, I used to say this years ago, which is why it's so dated. We, it, I remember the time of the OJ trial and, say, and saying that, you know, photography in this world, everything we looked at in newspapers, a wedding album would look like the artist renderings from the <laughs> OJ trial. It would look like the sketches. Yeah. And if you look at what photographers have done, um, as an industry, we have helped the world capture one memory after another and taken in intangible moments and turned them into tangible um, photographs that they can hold and look at for a lifetime. And, and that to me, that that's, that's what gets me excited. It's, it's what, it's what we do as an industry. And that's why I say, if, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the industry. And I've said this about 2000 times Okay. with the exception yeah. of modern medicine, I don't believe that there is any career field that's given the world more than imaging. And I'm calling it imaging now because photography isn't just what you and I have typically thought of as, you know, still photography. And the fact that photographers are storytellers, the fact that the manufacturers help photographers be more, be better storytellers. Um, and it's like I said, it's everything from neck straps to lighting to lens caps. I don't care what you do in this industry. You've got a right to really be proud of the role you play, wherever it is. And, and as part of that, when you ask me, what do I love about this industry? I'm a photographer's groupie. I do not make a living as a photographer. Um, I, I've repeatedly said, if I had to, I could light a portrait just as good as Tony Corbell or Bobby Lane. But the difference is it would take them 10 minutes and it might take me 10 days. And that's, and that's the difference. My passion is the business and marketing side and helping photographers build a better business model and actually make money. You can be in this industry and you don't have to eat ramen noodles or macaroni and cheese every night. Right. Unless you so want I enjoy the, the business and marketing side. That's where my passion is. But right. I just came back from, uh, we took a vacation. We were in New Mexico for 10 days. I didn't have one minute of any day that I was without a camera mm. and I just, I had a blast because I was just shooting for myself, not for any kind of client, not the same way that, that most photographers would shoot, but just enjoying. So I'll match my passion against anybody, my skill set <laughs> that I won't, that I won't match with, with any, I won't go up against anybody with that. My real profile is more like a serious hobbyist. But working around so many great photographers for so many years, I certainly know more than I let on. Well, we need people like you to provide all the goodies so that photographers, so we can do our job. So, you know, it's a huge act of service to provide education and support and just everything that you, your life has been all about in this industry. So you well, it's the same thing I think for you, Lucy, as a as as a coach, and and being able to help photographers. I mean, that's that's a part of the fun of this because photographers, if you believe in right brain, left brain, which I do, uh, and I know there are people that are that are skeptical about it these days, and there's even been some research saying that it's all nonsense, which I don't buy either. But most artists are right brain creatives, mm -hmm. and it's not that they don't they don't understand the importance of the operational side. They respect it. They just don't want to do it or they don't know how to do it because their skill set is in those mind's eye visions that create incredible images. So when, when a knucklehead like me comes along and says, well, wait a minute, you know, have you looked at the design of your, of your webpage or what you're posting in your blog or the quality of your images that you're sharing or who your target audience and your demographics are, those are, those are foreign concepts. 
Right. You know, it's just not something that they enjoy doing. They'd much rather go out and figure out, God, how am I going to, how am I going to light this? So that people just make that, you know, sucking all the air out of the universe sign sound. Yes. (gasps) I was super excited at PPA to see that, first of all, they are offering a lot of classes and other support for getting back to the business of photography as an activity that provides printed work for people that they can, as you said earlier, hold in their hand, display on the wall. They, they have so many more business classes, how to make money classes than, than I remember ever. And Skip, they were standing room only. And decades ago, we always said, you know, you could shoot a cannon through a marketing or business class at conventions, but, you know, show them how to light a pretty girl and it's, it's packed. So I think something has really changed where people are understanding that if they want to be able to do this day after day and be profitable, they need to learn the business. They need to learn to sell and market. They need to learn to work with their labs. They need to go to conventions, join organizations, hang out and have a beer with somebody like you. And even though I don't want my brain picked, um, (laughs) you know, over a beer, people can pick our brains, right? Well, what I say in just about every description of any program that I've done over the last probably six to 10 years is what good is working to create the finest images of your life if you can't sell them, if nobody knows who you are, and we're back to ramen noodles every night. Right, right. So how do you think people can best help others know who they are? Oh, God, there's another big one, huh? How much time you got? Well, there, there are so many different ways. I mean, if you're talking about getting yourself noticed, let's take it. I'm, I'm writing little notes here to myself so I don't get too far off track. Let's take it in two perspectives. One is getting to getting noticed within the industry and building your network. And the other is within your community. So just within, within the industry, the first thing that I, that, that I absolutely believe in is that Everybody should go to every possible conference, convention, workshop, class, whatever they can do. Um, I know it's hard to get away. I know that people have limited incomes. And also, at least 50% of the industry are part-time photographers. And a lot of you wear other hats. I mean, you were talking a minute ago about strollers in the aisles at, at conventions. Um, so everybody's got multiple hats they wear, but by going to a convention, um, first you start to learn about new products. Second, and one of the greatest benefits of all is networking. And I'm not just talking about the people you meet and, you know, that you've met before or friends of friends. I'm talking about when you sit down in a class, making it a point to introduce yourself to the person on your left and your right, um, and, and talk to them a little bit because everybody's there for the same reason. Everybody's trying to build a stronger business or a stronger skill set. So you're all there for the same reasons, but there are different things that got you to go to the convention in the first place. And so often I'll hear two photographers talking and they suddenly discover that, that one of them has figured out how to f- fix a particular problem. Let's say a customer service problem with a very difficult bride. Um, where the other one is struggling and one might be in the middle of Des Moines and the other is in the middle of Montana somewhere. And it doesn't matter. The reality is that when you talk to people and you share ideas and you were talking a minute ago about, you know, sit down and have a beer and pick somebody's brain, just that conversation in networking. Um, the other reason you go to a conference or convention or workshop or whatever is to meet all the people you can possibly meet at all the vendors who support you. Right. For example, um, pick up the phone and call anybody, any of your, call your rep at your lab and ask them any question at all. And the reps at the labs are, are really like a bartender in a small bar in a local, <laughs> a local bar in a community or, or it used to be in, 
when I was a kid with my mother, it was the hairdresser. That's like the mayor of the town. They know everything that's going on. So when you talk to somebody at a lab, let's assume you're having a problem with, with collections and you're talking to a lab, you may say something to them about, you know, have you heard about this particular problem before? And that person at the lab may have talked to two or 300 of the photographers in the last couple of weeks and had similar conversations because they're kind of the, they're the gatekeepers. They're out there talking to all your counterparts as photographers. So when you go to a show, you want to literally walk around and check out every single booth, whether it's a product you use or not, get to know the people in the booth and then get to know, make sure that you're knowing um, that, you know, at least one person in every product or service you use. I mean, we used to get the Hasselblad salesman, for example, used to get calls on a regular basis. Somebody's on a particular shoot and something happens to their gear and they need help and they can't find anybody. And you've got some great product reps out there and, and marketing people in the industry. And that's where you want to build your network. So you've got a little depth. And I so agree. Um, You know, I'm thinking back to countless conversations and um, making actually real friends within the industry. I think when I walk through the conventions now, it's, it's sort of like I go down the line and hug and hug and hug and hug. And especially I was so happy to see Susie who used to work for House of Blood. Do you know? Oh, I know Susie. Well, Susie yes. gross. So She's she over at Zeiss. Yes. She, so Zeiss she, booth. she and I developed a special love for each other. It's been five years ago. I had brain surgery. That's another story, but she was walking out of Georgia's camera because she was a rep and I, I was about to go into surgery and I, I mentioned it to her because she's my friend. Turns out she used to photograph surgeries for a living and she had witnessed that particular surgery countless times and gave me such a sense of peace about it. And this is like my photography rep or my Hasselblad rep. So the, those friendships have, I don't know, the, you just never know what's going to come out of, of the relationships that, that we build with each other and the support in, in big and small ways. So, yeah, I totally. Well, Susie is a great example, too. It, one of the things you find with so many people in this industry is that we've all worked for other companies. And there's incredible depth. I mean, Susie, when we hired Susie at Hasselblad, she was at Nikon. Um, she's got incredible depth. She's a great photographer. She's really good. She's just a fun person to yeah. hang out with. Yes. So, and now for her to be working with Rich Looning and Bob Thompson, um, who also came out of Hasselblad. I mean, there's, there's just this camaraderie and it's so it's so typical of one of the things I love most about the industry. So let me just hit the other side of this fast. I said, getting, you know, getting yourself known and your work out there in the industry. But the other thing, the other side of that is building a brand for yourself within your community. Mm -hmm. And it starts with being involved in your community. And my line that I've used thousands of times again is you're looking for the community to be good to you. So you better make, damn well sure that you're good to the community and there's a line from uh jay conrad levinson who was the father of guerrilla marketing and in fact coined the expression um who passed away sadly a few years ago but his i heard him speak years ago at a at a ppa conference and in the top 100 in fact it was up around top in the top 10 things that guerrilla marketers need to do is give back to their community because people like buying products from companies they perceive as giving back. So you want to get involved and it doesn't matter whether it's a camera in your hand or not. You could be filling, you know, the mustard and ketchup dispensers at the Friday night football games. The point is that you're out there and you're involved in your community. And then there are dozens of other things you can be doing from most of your listeners are probably qualified. Uh, to teach a class on photography, 
do something in adult education. I've heard so many great stories about photographers who were in, um, oh, let's call them, you know, condominium communities or communities that have some kind of clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just just do a do a workshop on how to take better holiday pictures this fall. Go to your local church. Get involved with with one of the youth groups. Um, go do a what do you want to call it career day in the elementary through high school um, level about being a photographer. Years ago, Terry Dayglow and I. Terry used to be over at, at Kodak. Is a very very good buddy. Terry and I went and did a class for elementary school kids in Latrobe, um, which is where Arnold Palmer grew up and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and we wound up, we wound up on the six o'clock news that night um, <laughs> because we'd come in and, and we had, we had a bunch of sixth graders. We had a couple kids that were younger, but they were all interested in photography and they were working on the newsletter. And the reality is that it doesn't make any difference who you're teaching. The fact that you're positioning yourself in your community as the leader in photography gives you an opportunity to give back. And it's also fun to play off of that because you can do your own, you know, let's clean up our community with, it might be better headshots. It might be better Thanksgiving pictures or, or holiday photos, whatever it's going to be. And then people also have their blogs. And the ability to use your blog to create excitement about things going on in the community. And now I'll shut up for a minute. Oh, well, how would you use a blog for that? Well, one of the topics I love to suggest, people are always looking for content. So do a series on your blog of community profiles. Um, Go out and do um, environmental portraits of unique people in the community. And I mean, here's, here's a real easy example. Everybody's got a favorite pizza place they go to. If you've got a favorite pizza place, then go in and get that, get that wide ankle environmental portrait. It could be of the chef. It could be of the hostess. It could be of the owner or the host. Um, and then do a short blog post on what it is you love about, let's call it Skip's Pizza, um, about Skip's Pizza. And talk about how, you know, a couple times a month we pick up pizzas from Skips and they're just such, they're such great people, blah, blah, blah. But when you run it as a blog post, you're now going to print it out in hard copy and you're going to buy, you're going to go out and spend three, four bucks on one of those Lucite um, freestanding frames. We did this for years at Rangefinder Magazine, for example, when a company ran an ad, we'd have it reprinted. We'd have it mounted on a on a on a heavy cardstock, and you'd come by their booth at a show, and it would say "as seen in Rangefinder Magazine." The only difference now is that it's going to be "as seen on Lucy's blog," and here's their picture. Now, one the first thing you're doing is you're demonstrating your skill set because you're shooting an environmental portrait. Now, if you suck at environmental portraits, this is not the thing for you to do yet. But <laughs> fine tune your skill set so that you can take a great image and then it winds up on their counter. And you can do this with the pharmacist. You can do it with your favorite guy in the produce department at a supermarket. It doesn't make any difference. The point is that you're out in the community. You can do the same thing with, with pet profiles and wind around, you know, wind up in, in your local park or wherever people are typically hanging out with their dogs. I know living in California, having the doggy park, right. I mean, it was right below our house. Mm-hmm. So we were on a hill and just down the street was the dog park. And, mine is- and I used to be there all the time. So being able to do something like that to demonstrate your work as a photographer. And the, the issue with the blog is that your website is about what you sell. Your blog is about what's in your heart. Mm. So using your blog, a community calendar is another idea. Um, using your blog to show things going on in the community and show your support for the community ties back in with getting yourself more well-known and being able to get your images out there and remind people that, you know, you're the expert in town. These are brilliant. They're brilliant. Oh, I don't know if they're brilliant. They're, well, in all honesty, so much of this in the industry today, we've gone full circle. It's not about technology anymore as much as it is about common sense. Right. It's, it, 
it's marketing, it's building relationships. So Skip, one of the challenges that I perceive, which could be completely wrong, is because I'm in a big city and my target clients are not in my local community. They're about a half an hour away. And, you know, in a city of 3 million, it's hard to become known in the community. Okay, wait a minute. Where are you? San Diego. Okay. And my target client is sort of the northern coastal areas and some of the inland. And they're both about, depending on traffic, a 20 to 50 minute drive. So would you do those same things? Just take the time to go to the that area and become known in a certain region, even though uh, I or one of my listeners might not live where their target markets live. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, on? I mean, I, I would definitely, you know, being able to share information from the area. Remember in terms of your blog, a great blog is about great content and, a, and great content develops. You're essentially building a community. It's not just about, about readers. I mean, we used to talk about pass along readership at Rangefinder magazine, for example, and every magazine was supposedly read 2.47 time by 2.47 people. All of that is absurd. All I'm talking about is getting your images out there in front of people. Now, if you're, if your blog, if your target audience is 15 minutes away, then one cool thing to do is work on not only, I would say own your zip code, which is essentially draw draw a circle around your zip code and then just knock on every retail door, which I always get a wedding photographer saying, why would I go knock on the door of a realtor? Well, you're going to knock on the door of a realtor because you're going to introduce yourself. And what you're going to say is, my specialty is wedding photography, but I've got a great network. And if I can ever help you with anything in photography, I might not always have the answers, but boy, do I have friends that do. So all you're doing is introducing yourself. You're not selling anything. And a wedding photographer is a good example because wedding photographers, you know, they, they want to stay where they think the brides are, but you never know what's going to develop in terms of getting to know people in the community. In terms of communities that are 15 minutes away, I would do the, I would do the same kind of thing. I would also look for things you could do within that community. So if your target audience is 15 minutes away, and they're doing a walk for the, I don't know, fight against Alzheimer's um, this weekend, then you ought to be there with your camera and you ought to capture some images, be able to share them with the various organizers of the event, have it as blog content. And then same with, in fact, you can do the same thing with weddings. Bob and Don Davis are in Chicago. Every wedding they shoot, they send out, they, they make it a point to capture some of the images of, it might be the table setting, it might be the buffet, it might be the staff. And the florist is another good example. The wedding cake is another entity coming from a particular caterer or baker. And they will send those images and they'll say, you know, use these with our blessing. And, you know, it's nice to meet your crew at last weekend's wedding. Now that's again that you're back into relationship building and that's getting your name and your images and some branding out there just because you're being a good person. Right. In fact, there's a great story from Clay Blackmore who's over in the the Baltimore DC area and Clay told me a story once about one of the one of the caterers asking him if he could just find the time to to just shoot, you know, some images of 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 the buffet or whatever it was that was being set up. Well, instead of just doing that, because Clay never does anything halfway, Clay went ahead and did a, I don't know, one to two minute video, put it to music uh, and and sent the caterer that that product to say, hey, enjoyed seeing your guys last week. Enjoy this with my compliments. Well, that caterer has become one of his biggest referrals. Mm. And it's, it's all about relationship building this. And it's not a new concept. In no. fact, there's a great book everybody should have called unmarketing by Scott Stratton. Mm. And it basically says, stop marketing and start engaging because building a relationship is absolutely your strongest. It's your most powerful weapon right now. 
Well, I think especially now that there's countless people who are calling themselves professionals where you cannot compete on price. So what can we compete on? And it's in building that relationship. My, my ebook that I mentioned earlier, the 10 big ideas for marketing high-end photography in the real world. It's all about getting away from our computer and getting out into the world. So I'm, you're preaching to the choir with me and I know this is, this is like sparking all kinds of ideas for people that are listening. Um, well, Beverly and Tim Walton, um, Walton are in Kentucky. Yes. And they talk about, they're not just doing a portrait session and they do some of the most stunning portrait work on the planet. They're not doing a portrait session. They're creating an experience for the client. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. And that's what makes, gives the photographer the ability to compete with something other than price. Because if you're competing for price, then, then hang up your guns because you've got to make yourself different. Right. And it's not pricing. I can't think of who the, the writer is that has said that consumers buy, buy what they want to have, not what they need. Hmm. So if you can create that excitement, if you can create that passion that says, wow, I really, I really want that. Right. Um, I want that photographer to do my family portrait. That's what this is all about. And it all comes out of your brand, your reputation. There's no question skill set is part of it. So I'm kind of taking this for granted that when we're talking about all these marketing ideas that, you know, like I said, if you're, if your work sucks and you're a shitty photographer, the internet and social media will kill you eventually. Anyway, you can't, you can't hide for very long. So you've got to work on your skill set. But that's why I keep going back to the same thing about what good is working to create the greatest images. If nobody knows who you are, or you can't sell a print. Right. And because we're selling people themselves in the portrait and wedding business, as long as it's a nice representation of them, they're going to love it because they love the people in the portraits. We don't have to be the biggest award-winning photographer. In fact, I think most of, well, not most, but so many of the most profitable photographers I know, their work is good. But I know people whose work is, is like jaw-dropping that they're broke. So it's that, it's that balance. I imagine you'd agree with this. Having good sellable work, but, but you don't have to think that it has to be better than anyone else's in order for us to be profitable and successful as long as we do the work on the business side, the marketing side, learn to sell, um, learn who we are uniquely, and then communicate that. So, yeah, I think we're, we totally agree on all those things for sure. Well, you got to make it, you got to make it fun for the yeah. client. Yeah. I think it was Kirk Boclain who said to me once that there are a lot of photographers whose work is, is average, slightly above average, um, but they make a great living because they've developed a reputation with their client base and they deliver on time and, and they keep their promises and they're always there. And if a client is unhappy, they're going to fix it. And all of those things fall under all those ingredients of customer service and relationship building and back to the Waldens of creating a great experience. Right. So is there anything else before we wrap up that you think that the listeners would love to hear or know anything you'd like to? <laughs> I, you got to ask me a question. That's, that's so okay. broad. Okay. Well, sometimes people have like a, a burning thing that's always in their mind. So, uh, well, I'm going to ask you to define prosperity in a way that's not about money or wealth? That is, that is the easiest question that you gave me today. Um, my definition of prosperity, and I'd also do prosperity slash success, is waking up every morning with a smile on your face. Mm. I literally, I, I dive out of bed every morning 
doesn't matter what time that we've gone to bed. It's six, six 30. I'm up. Um, first thing I do is go take a quick look at email and see what happened the night before. The point is that if you love what you're doing, it goes back to what I said in the very beginning, you'll never work a day in your life. So to me, prosperity and success is absolutely defined as as being happy and there there are plenty of people that have said to me well you know you're you're at the back end of your career now and and you've been around for a long time but man there were plenty there were plenty of years that i was not particularly happy in fact the last couple of years that i was with rangefinder wppi um I wasn't particularly happy in what I was doing. I loved, I loved the job, but I was fighting daily um, with the owner of the company, and it just wasn't fun. And at some point in there, it was sort of time for me to go out on my own. And I remember um, my wife, Sheila, saying, what are you afraid of? And my answer was, I'm afraid of failing. Mm. And it was sort of, it, it was an eye-opener to her because it's like she knew my reputation and everybody else in this industry. It's like, oh, well, you're Skip Cohen. Well, that doesn't mean that I don't have the exact same concerns and fears and moments of self-doubt that everybody has. But what's happened in my life over the last, especially the last uh, 10, 12 years, um, I went out on my own in 2009. Um, worst economy in U.S. history in my lifetime. And everybody thought I was nuts. And how can you leave WPPI? And WPPI was, that was one of the biggest years ever for the convention as well as the magazine. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, but I wasn't happy. And I'm not saying that you do everything just for happiness, but if you balance it out and you look at your skill set and you know what you're good at and you know what you're not, and you live by that line of Shakespeare's of to thine own self be true then if you stay focused on that, you will get to a point where you got the same feelings every morning that I do. And it doesn't mean that there aren't days that are bad. And there's a great quote out there that, that goes, um, it's just a bad day, not a bad life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you roll with the days when, when, you know, you do want to kick a puppy. Yeah. Um, and those, those come and go, but that doesn't mean that overall, you're not happy. And that's how I define prosperity. Perfect. I love it. My mom always, she didn't say she was having a bad day. She would say she's having a bad half hour. And perspective of that was such a gift to me because if you claim this a bad day, it, it is. But if you're, but in reality, most times that we're feeling like, you know, ugh, um, you know, whatever it is, it's about a half hour, maybe an hour of misery. So I love what you, I love the bad day, not a bad life. That's awesome. Well, there are moments that we all, I mean, we all go through them. And what this goes back, let's just go back for one second. I don't mean to be taking up more time on your on your podcast here, but if you've built a strong network and building your network never slows down. It's not, it's not like the old days. This is where I really date myself, where we collected business cards and put them in a Rolodex. And at least half your audience is saying, what the hell's a Rolodex? I know. What's a um, Rolodex, daddy? <laughs> yeah. But today, today if, you've, if you've networked and after a convention, you go back to some of those people you met and just start to maintain a relationship and stay in contact. When you do have one of those bad days, and sometimes they do last longer than half an hour, sure. if you've got somebody in that inner circle of close friends, and, and to me, your network is like a target where the bullseye might be your, your spouse, your immediate family, and then in the next circle out, it's going to be your closest friends. When you start to build that network and you start to go out into those various rings away from the center and away from your core, those people are there to help you because that's what we do in this industry. We all watch each other's backs. And when you do have one of those bad days, what's very cool, um, I've got a couple of friends that, that we take turns here. I'll pick up the phone and call and say, wow, I just need to vent for a minute. And they'll listen and they'll give me an opinion if I ask for it. And the same thing they'll do to me 
a week, two weeks, a month later. And that's all part of what makes those bad half hours or hours um, just become moments that, you know, it was like a roller coaster. You got through it and, and now you're back on an even keel. Right. I think one of the things I love about being in this industry, especially the people photography, portrait, wedding, etc., is that we are people who love people. I used to date a guy who was a bookseller and he would go to book conventions and then he came to my events, my local chapter. And um, I think he went to WPPI with me once when we were on our way to ski. Fortunately, the timing was well to pop in to Vegas. And he was just like being at your conventions Everybody is laughing, hugging, talking, sharing, outgoing, good listeners. You're making friends. When you go to a booksellers convention, uh, people's heads are down. They're just they're because they're more introverted in in his experience. And it even if I wasn't interested in photography itself, I would just want to hang out in a world where there are photographers because I think we're 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 special we have this creative side we we love being involved with people we love giving of ourselves and and also as entrepreneurs you know it's a huge growth opportunity to step in and say i'm going to build something of my own and and our strengths and our challenges all get stronger along the way so I'm in total agreement with what you're saying. Well, my dad, I took my dad once to uh, a couple times. He came with me to imaging. And I remember my dad saying that his line was, my God, walking around with you at a convention is like walking around with the mayor. Yep. And I was laughing and it's like, dad, it's got nothing to do with me. But if you're in the same industry your entire life, you get to know everybody in the industry. And we've all got stories. We've all been to the same rubber chicken dinners. Um, we, we've, all, we've all had people um, bail us out or drag us out of the bar um, mm -hmm. after a couple too many drinks. It's, it's all part of that love for the industry that we right. all share. Right. So. so what I'm hoping with the listeners is that now they are excited and like, oh my gosh, I've got to find out where those conventions are. I've got to join my local chapter and attend the meetings and get on the board and participate and get away from this lonely life on my computer, not talking to people. So I think that would be a really good takeaway from today. Because then when you've been around for a while, like you and I have Skip, we've got this, this depth of community that um, we get to continue growing because there's always new photographers, but it's, it's a family and I'm excited uh, about growing that family, hopefully through this podcast. So thank you. Thank you for being so awesome and for being on my show, Skip. Oh, this is, this is fun. I'll give you one more example that goes back to conferences and people getting involved. I'm going to be at Photoshop World. I don't know when this is airing, but I'm going to be at Photoshop World. And I will probably catch up to Glenn Clark, who today is at Bay Photo. Mm -hmm. But Glenn and I met in my early Hasselblad days um, when he was with Burrell. And we both met at a meeting at Kodak. And later, he was at Marathon Press, where he and his wife, Robin, were responsible for printing the first book that I ever wrote together with Don Blair. And then he went to Chilcot in Cleveland, where we did, I think we might have even done a presentation or two together, or at least, at the very least, I borrowed a couple of his slides about the importance of packaging. That's why you go to a conference. It's to build those relationships and to follow each other's careers and develop all those resources. I 100% agree. So how can we get in touch with you? 
Real easy. I write every everything I post is at skipcohenuniversity.com. My tweet handle is Skip Cohen. I'm on Facebook. And I always give everybody my email address. It's skip at mei500.com. And I encourage photographers to contact me. God, if you've got one of those days where you just had the, you know, the Midas touch turns to gold and the caca touch, everything turns to crap. And you've got one of those days that aren't going right, then get some help. And I encourage photographers all the time, just contact me. I mean, if you get to be a pain and a nuisance, um, I'll be the first one to tell you that I just can't (laughs) give you any more time. But sometimes you just need a fresh pair of eyes on a problem or a challenge. And I don't think anybody can ever accuse me of sugarcoating what they needed to do in terms of trying to resolve something. So, Lucy, you know, you and I share a passion for, you know, how can we help more photographers raise the bar on their on their business and your business becomes in in part your life because we all wear so many different hats. Right. I had to become a coach because always mentoring people, how many conversations I've had in the, in the aisles at trade shows with strangers trying to resolve some issues or give them pep talks and such. It was like, it took me over. I've been, you know, full-time photographer for, over three decades and that point where I realized I've just got to do this officially so that I can inspire and support more people. So um, thanks for helping me by letting me interview you and such. Happy to do it. Thank you. So for my listeners, if you wait to the recorded outro, you'll hear again how to get in touch with me. I would love to have a one-on-one conversation with you. So feel free to contact me, email, or you can even call as with Skip. And um, that's all for now. And thank you so much, Skip. Thank you. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.